0: Hello, and welcome to The Corporate Casket, a semi-weekly series where bad businesses go to die. We will discuss any and everything from bad charities, terrible CEOs, and people that have a lot to hide. I'm the Illuminati, and today we are on the final part, part three about OAN. If you haven't seen part one or two, I highly recommend you do so for context. John is a current employee and we are going to be calling him John to protect his identity. And we have independently verified that he does in fact work for OAN. He will be speaking out in an exclusive interview against some of the racism, sexism, and upsetting attitude that he's seen from OAN as more than just a news station, but as an employer. So let's get into it. In John's email to me, aside from the blatant misinformation problem, he also told me that racism and sexism were prevalent within OAN as a business. For the record, I want to state that this is alleged information. While I can confirm the misinformation in part two, as it is featured in many other OAN reports, this one is much harder to confirm. However, there are articles from other sources, such as political, that support John's experience. One anchor anonymously told Politico that Chris Schickendunz, the news director, seemed to completely ignore police brutality in response to peaceful protesters when the BLM movement was in full swing after George Floyd's murder. In a memo, Chris told employees to focus on organized riots, looting, Antifa's actions, as well as the president's response shops being destroyed, and any peaceful black protesters protecting white police officers, and to beware the narratives pushed by the mainstream media. It doesn't explicitly say not to cover police brutality, but it's not included in the email, said this anchor, who asked for anonymity in fear of retribution from the network's owners. It discourages us from striving for objectivity when covering these protests, when there's obviously been violence on both sides. John and Ali also spoke on the BLM movement and the attitude OAN took when it came to reporting. And here's his take on it
1: comes to the George Floyd protests and Black Lives Matter, can you describe the reporting on that as well?
0: Yeah, um,
2: if it's at all dealing with the left, it is to be shown in the most abandoned light. That is basically how that works. George Floyd protests, um, how dare they? Uh, they're just a bunch of rioters. They are terrible people. George Floyd was a drug addict. He probably uh, was going to die anyway, and if he wasn't already going to die, he probably deserved it. He was a scumbag. Uh, versus, oh, look at the poor insurrectionists. uh, Sorry, not not, insurrectionists, look at the poor patriots. Um, You know, they were just voicing their opinions. They needed to be heard. Uh, They had every right to do that. You know, it's it's very cut and dry. If it's it's at all democratic or left-leaning, then it is evil and the antichrist. If it is uh, at all dealing with the right, then it is pure, it is good, it is clean.
0: It's hardly any surprise, then, that racism would bleed into the studio itself. One ex-producer, Jonathan Harris, has actually sued OAN host Graham Ledger on the claims of discrimination and harassment. According to the San Diego Tribune, Harris claims that he, the only African-American present at the show's planning meetings, was regularly berated, demeaned, and verbally abused on account of his liberal views and his perspectives as an African-American male, according to his attorneys, Engelman and Rodney Diggs. They did not present specific examples at the trial's opening and Harris has yet to testify. A breaking point in Harris's and Ledger's professional relationship came during a debate about airing a segment on the removal of certain Confederate monuments. Afterward, Harris sent an official racial discrimination complaint to Herring Senior. Herring Senior was also called out in the complaint. In it, Harris noted that prior conversations he'd had with Herring Senior about race left him concerned that the complaint wouldn't be taken seriously or that he'd be retaliated against. And sure enough, those fears were justified. Harris agreed to leave Ledger's staff and move to another position. He agreed to move his cubicle to another floor, but deleted a few documents from his desktop as he moved. These documents being templates to input biographical information for appearing guests on show notes from old episodes. He didn't think they'd be needed anymore in his new role. Once a producer told Mr. H that Harris deleted these documents, he was fired. Harris was awarded $209,000 for this injustice. John also had a few more things to add about the racism at OAN. And also, my apologies for the beginning of the clip here. Ali was getting another call, and that's what was going on. So here's that clip.
2: There was a point where uh, we, uh, this is kind of tangentially tied into the whole racism aspect. Uh, the writer's track on packages, um, recording audio report. They'll record audio for all their own packages. And not everyone has a speaking voice that is good for air. That just kind of happens. But if anyone has an accent that is prominent enough, and not allowed to track. Because our audience doesn't like hearing anyone foreign-sounding, giving them the news. And Christian is from some Russian satellite country, so he uh, speaks with a very heavy accent. And uh, we got to make him that he doesn't sound American enough. Uh, and uh, no longer tracks. After that, he also stopped writing packages in general, uh, which kind of led me to believe that it was multi-pronged, like, oh, you know, you're, you don't sound like you're American. And on top of that, you might have gotten a suit at some point. That's more just by understanding things. I'm not sure if that is exactly what happened, but I can give an example.
0: We mentioned Kristen Ruse earlier when it came to the Rachel Maddow lawsuit. I have seen Kristen referred to as a former OAN reporter online and scrolling through their YouTube, it's been some time since I've heard his voice in any packages and I've seen his voice attacked online. While I cannot say with complete certainty that John is correct and Rose's accent was the beginning of the end for him, I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. Now, apart from both proven and alleged racial discrimination at the office, John also alleges that there's sexual discrimination and harassment as well.
1: Um, so, what about the sexism um, that you've mentioned? Yeah.
0: Sexism
2: is generally with uh, the female anchors. Um, like I said, you know, r- uh, racism kind of also goes towards the uh, male anchors as well. Male anchors are basically just white guys. Um, white, ring and arrow looking, you know, five o'clock shadow, fake and healthy kind of dudes. Um, we once uh, put up a, uh, or occasionally we'll have a, a writer uh polynesian descent um who will occasionally pop up and every time he does we'll get complaints uh specifically one of the ones i do recall seeing that simply said why is there a brown man on my screen and we don't error very frequently because of that uh, but yeah well that, that's to do with the racism still but the an aspect um, we're not as hard line when it comes to the race of our female anchors phrase it because uh that's what the viewers like our viewers are basically 40 50 year old perverted boomers (laughs) they uh, they want to see hot women on uh, on on screen and we get very 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 disgusting emails and occasional gifts sent to the uh station because it's like oh like an email it'll be like oh you need to show more skin you need to you uh, push up your ta-ta. like I, I'm not even exaggerating. We get emails like that frequently. Uh, just really disgusting stuff on the female anchors, and um, yeah, it's it's just really really gross. And then like occasional adverts back in the day, there was a talk about one of the makeup girls uh, helping us with an advertisement that was supposed to show her on a beach in a bikini. And the entire purpose of the ad was basically because the uh, uh, the heads of the company wanted to see the makeup girl in a bikini. Yeah, it's it's really gross.
1: Has anyone ever spoken up against this?
2: Uh yes, and then they don't work at the company anymore.
1: That seems like it's asking for a lawsuit, but
2: Yeah, it is. You would almost think that the time they asked every writer about their political leanings would have gotten them sued, and surprisingly didn't.
1: They have gotten sued pretty frequently, though.
2: Yes, they have gotten sued pretty frequently, but there was sure. a specific point at which I was surprised we didn't catch a lawsuit. And that was when a uh, writer basically went crazy, and uh, his uh, he, he was harassing a female writer uh, who, um, you know, she, she liked to wear comfortable clothes, so some of her clothes uh, had some cleavage showing, which isn't anything uncommon especially today and it's not like she was going topless or anything she just had a little bit of cleavage showing in her normal outfit mm-hmm. and he just went off on her calling her a floozy calling her a horwood calling her other phrases you would expect someone from the 1950s to use um,
1: that's and exactly what i was thinking
2: yep yeah <laughs> it was really bizarre when i heard this because i was thinking like wow that sounds like he's from an entirely different era despite being almost our age Uh, But yeah, he was going off on that. And then uh, obviously they fired him because he can't be that overtly sexist in front of every writer and expect to not have anything happen apparently. So uh, I guess there is a line somewhere. And uh, he got fired, but his parting words were, um, you know, aside from the fuck use, it was, uh, you're all liberals who live in shitty apartments. Like those were his uh, parting words. And because those were his parting words, uh, the H's sat down with every writer and asked them who they voted for and what their political leanings were, and they didn't get sued for that. And I was very shocked by that.
1: Yeah. So do they see, I mean, they didn't get sued for that, but, you know, they got, they've got they gotten sued for quite a bit. So do you think that OAN kind of sees these lawsuits just as, hey, it's the cost of doing business, we're still going to do what we want to do here?
2: Yeah, I think it's kind of similar to a lot of tabloid magazines, but they kind of have a fun set up. They know that they're being sued. Yeah. Um, I'm not totally
1: sure about the philosophy that the higher ups have, but it certainly seems that way. Yeah, if they haven't changed anything, then definitely definitely does seem that way.
0: I know that's a lot to take in. So once more, let's tackle this one piece at a time. In a follow-up email after the interview, John told me what the writer's name was and I was able to search their name and confirm that they had in fact worked for OAN. However, for legal reasons, I will not disclose this writer's name and I can't confirm that they were fired for this reason. I can commend OAN for at least firing this person on the spot if that was the case, but from John's account, this attitude is pervasive throughout the company as well as the audience regardless. As for asking about political leanings, I was able to confirm that this happened or at least John isn't the only one saying that it did. Multiple former employees have spoken out saying that Mr. H has asked these types of questions. One Washington Post article reads, Robert Herring often asked job candidates about their political views according to seven current and former employees. He'd flat out ask, who did you vote for? Are you a Bernie supporter? Are you for abortion? One anchor said. It's not like you wouldn't get fired if you were liberal, but when it came to decisions about what stories we did, he made it clear he wanted the conservative ones. And frankly, yeah, I'm surprised that they said that they haven't been sued for this too. And I honestly believe they probably should be on the chopping block for it though, I'm not the person to make that call at the end of the day. Now, as for the makeup women advertisement, that also can't be confirmed as the advertisement never aired as John clarified in a follow-up email again. Therefore, please feel free to take or leave that information, do what you want with it, store it in the back of your mind or completely disregard it. That's what I know. OAN has done some horrific things to anchors that they don't agree with, not just their own, including doxing New York Times reporter, Rachel Abrams. They aired a segment saying that Rachel, who was investigating OAN for a news story, was harassing them. And so they publicly broadcast her personal email and cell phone, encouraging their viewers to call her and tell her what they think. John said that he considered this a colossal moral failing, and though John did reach out to Rachel, it was to tell her much of what we're talking about today. Just to touch upon the workplace, Allie asked John if there were any clashes at work. After all, with so many employees being left-leaning and some being such strict conservatives, that's bound to happen, right? Here's that clip, and full disclosure, this is only John's personal experience.
1: Are there any other, I guess, big, incidents that you've seen at work because i'd have to imagine if 70% of the writer of the of the people that work there are not actually republican i'd have to imagine that there's a lot of clashes have there has there been a lot of clashing at work or is it just kind of the people that aren't the heads of the company you know those writers and those editors that are that may be more liberal are they just I don't want to speak out because I don't want to lose my job. Is that more the vibe or have there been clashes? Yeah, I think that
2: that's probably most of the vibe. Um, a lot of the writers kind of try to avoid taking certain stores. Um a lot of the anchors, I know that there's a lot of um, controversy in selecting stores because the anchors get to choose what stories air when. Like They have input on that, and there are anchors that will just say, absolutely not, I will not have any Christian stories in my block for not doing that. I'm not going to report on that. I don't want that stink on me. And that is actually kind of goes into another issue. Um, finding a job after all, yeah. A lot, like I said, a lot of people kind of use it as a stopgap. But there are companies that just straight up tell people, like, no, you're qualified for this job. And this is a, this is a direct quote from a coworker. worker. Uh, I asked you not to show the name. The person in question was an anchor named the anchor um, name. When she was applying for the place, and she had a new job anchoring somewhere else. But when she was applying, one of the companies straight up told her, you're to qualified for this job. We'd like to hire you, but just so you know, you're gonna have to do a lot to get that stink of OAN off of you. And it's yeah. just like, holy shit, that is like, I mean, it's worse for people that are more public in their positions, the anchors, the show hosts, to get new different jobs because their faces are associated with OAN versus like you know going on any other job interview. I'm just like, yeah, OAN's oh yeah, kind of fucking crazy, isn't it? I don't believe in that shit. <laughs> but yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's one of the major issues regarding clashes, though no one really fights without someone getting fired. And that's kind of problematic in and kind of itself because we don't have a really dedicated HR department. Um, mm-hmm. the, the dad that runs the company, uh, Mr. H, mm-hmm. his kids, uh, Bobby and um, uh, Robert, sorry, Charles. Yeah. Robert, Charles, Bobby. Um, Robert and Bobby are the same. Yeah, sorry, I, I get I don't have much interaction <laughs> with them all that much. So the, the names always kind of uh, escaping. me. So um, Charles and Bobby are mysterious kids yeah. and you know they're both 50 around that age um and uh and you don't have a dedicated HR department so anytime there's a spat uh Bobby comes down to deal with it and he's like the like the unofficial HR department which is kind of problematic because it's like if you're having an issue regarding politics it's like oh you don't believe in what we believe in well then why the fucking let's check to out that's that's happened a few times and there's a lot of like nepotism in that regard to happening in well, uh, which is something I wanted to bring up.
1: Yeah. It's pretty annoying. The, um, uh, like I said, there's um, a few
2: writers that are kind of left to what want. That's not the nepotistic part, that is the preferential part. Um, like I said, I mentioned Christian Rhodes is one of them, Christian Sharp is another, Dan always, is not, you know, a writer, the you know, a host, but I say, that's But then there are um, other writers who have the positions solely because they know people. One um, the writers is a friend Son of uh, Bobby, and one of them, that the person that runs the writing room, is the daughter of Mr. McGee, and it's uh, you know it's pretty lame. They don't know what they're doing. They do terrible jobs.
0: And there's going to be a part of his quote where we have a censored portion. You can see it in the script. It says, I ask you not to show the name of the person in question was, and the anchor named blank, we need to censor that name. First and foremost, though I censored the name of the anchor that John mentioned, I was able to confirm that they did work at OAN news at one point in time. Secondly, I cannot speak to how things are handled behind the scenes at OAN. So for full disclosure, this is only John's account of events. That said, former employees also had poor experiences in terms of the management and how the workplace is run. One former employee hired before OAN was due to launch told The Independent that, quote, right off the bat, I got the feeling that the owner had no interest in journalism, had no experience in journalism, and had no interest in launching an outlet that would respect the rules of journalism, end quote. Other sources such as Business Insider have also confirmed with former employees that if you speak up, you get fired. Many of whom left after the January 6th attack. Their ratings on Indeed from employees call it a family business with a toxic workplace and a high turnover rate and terrible journalistic standards. The Daily Beast also interviewed former anchors at the station who can confirm this horrible work environment. It was a really bad chapter in my life, a former OAN anchor told the Daily Beast in an interview granted on condition of anonymity. There were lots of afternoons where I would just sit in the car and cry. I didn't understand why they were doing what they were doing." Now, before we continue on to talk about the last portion of this three-part series, which is the mentality and exploring what is the thought process behind the people at OAN, this is where we're gonna place today's sponsor. And again, a big thank you to these sponsors who are willing to support a topic like this when obviously the YouTube algorithms and things of that nature are not going to support this. So thank you again and enjoy today's sponsor as a quick mind reset before diving back into hell. I'm a fan of clothing, but I'm not the biggest fan of looking for them. Whether it's in person or online, it's insanely time consuming and I'm never sure how things are going to fit. But that's why I've been getting my style updates from Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends you clothing that expert stylists hand select for your size, style, and budget. They choose every piece for your fit in your life. It's an easy solution to finding what makes you look and feel your best. And Stitch Fix lets you try on the pieces at home before you buy, keep your favorites, and send back the rest. They've got free shipping, easy returns and exchanges, and they even include a prepaid return envelope. You'll pay just $20 for a styling fee for each box, which gets credited toward every single piece that you keep. So if you're ready to update your fall wardrobe and probably hoard some more sweaters, like what I'm exactly gonna do this entire rest of the year, then make sure you go to stitchfix.com casket and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. Again, that's stitchfix.com casket for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix, stitchfix.com casket. If you're carrying a credit card balance every month, getting out of debt can feel like an uphill battle. You're just pushing the debt rock up the hill only for it to fall back down to the bottom over and over and over again but that's where Upstart can help. Upstart is the quick and easy way to get a personal loan all online. Upstart is expanding access to affordable credit too, because we're all more than just our credit scores. That's why they consider your income and current employment to find a better rate on loans between $1,000 and $50,000. And you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. I actually recently got an Upstart loan myself so that I can use the money to prep for a new business that I've been working on kind of behind the scenes that I'm not ready to talk about quite yet. And the point is they were able to get me a little extra cash so that it could help me get that project ready. And the best part was I didn't have to call anybody or talk to people. I hate phone calls, so thanks for that Upstart. So find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com casket. That's upstart.com casket don't forget to use the URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com casket to see what they can do for you today. So is OAN truly nothing but a hateful, horrific place to work? Well, it sure sounds like it, but what's their reasoning for any of this? Ali asked John about this us-versus-them mentality at OAN, and here's what he said. I think that the heads of the higher-ups, um, they're conservative. And
2: as far as Mr. H goes, I think that you know, over the course of the Obama administration, uh, he probably felt like, oh, conservatives are really, really getting it right now because uh, there's a Democrat who's vilifying us. I think that was his perspective. And I think that because that was his perspective, when Trump got elected, Uh, He was whole horse on the whole concept of now it's our turn to show the Democrats what for and show them that they're the demons and that they're evil. And then it just became this big push. And I think that, you know, it's a mixture of like it's projecting almost, if you will. It's them saying, like, look how evil they are because of all this shit that they're doing. Meanwhile, it's all the conservatives doing the worst shit or the same shit that they're accusing them of. And on top of that, there's the whole notion of, like, well, we're the good guys, so we can't be wrong.
1: Yeah, very, it does sound, you know, very us versus them. We're the good guys.
2: Uh, You especially see it with the talk shows that they do. There are four talk shows currently. uh, Real Story, Real America, um, Tipping Point, and, uh, um, sorry, I'm blanking on the last one. But there are four stories. Sorry, like four uh, shows in focus. That's the last one, and all those shows are really more of the um, you know op-ed style news because it's uh, just four talk or four show hosts uh, going off. And the worst of the worst in that group is the Real America host
0: Dan Bull. Yeah,
2: makes he gets very like us versus them in basically everything he says.
1: Why? Why do they think they're the good guys? what what is it that they that they really really hold as a value that you think makes them the good guys because if if they were to go along with absolutely anything that Trump says then it kind of seems like their value is just we support Trump full stop
2: well yeah that's so it's definitely that's definitely what their their allegiance is to Trump and that's it but the because they view Trump figures? as the good guy and Trump is conservative um they're you know any, anything Trump says is the truth so that's good it, it, it's
0: a very odd mentality i am actually kind of curious what would happen if trump were to denounce oan and see where that would go yeah i, I want to see that I don't happen
2: because we're the only ones giving i said the news I'm actually the only ones giving trump the uh you know the, the microphone
1: yeah i'd be really curious to see that happen too so it's just
0: whatever trump says
2: yeah he is and recently guy. it's become a, a lot of whatever Michael Dell says
0: Now, this us versus them mentality is dangerous from either side. This was discussed in various parts of the interview, but during one portion in particular, John says just how allied OAN is with Trump.
1: Uh, Back to COVID a little bit. Uh, Do the people there really loathe Dr. Fauci? Uh, What's their opinion of just the scientific community, I guess, is it a mistrust around, the scientific community or is it just a mistrust of oh this has become a political issue and it's the left that wants us to get vaccinated would you say that it's true science denial going on at the station or would you say that it's still within the realm of politics it's whatever trump says just whatever trump says okay
2: it's whatever trump says yeah and like I said, it's not the station, the whole station that believes so it. It's like the yeah. owners of the station, and then like a couple select writers and uh, show hosts.
1: Yeah, just one, I guess by the station, yeah. I mean what the station represents. Yeah,
2: um, if Trump came out and said, "I created the vaccine. The vaccine is perfect." Uh, we will deny have we've been and would deny having ever having said that it was a uh, it was a bad idea. Like that's how that's, that's how ignorant they are. Like
1: they, they love OEN oh yeah, loves Trump. Wow. Oh. Um so why why do you think that they take Trump at his word to the point of anything he says is uh is law. Anything he says is golden. And if if it ever came down to it, what do you think it would take for the heads at OAN or Mr. H, what do you think it would take for their loyalty to Trump to waver? Uh,
2: if Trump called OAN fake news, I think that would like give them to be like, "Wait a minute, but we love you." Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that's that. Like, barring that, I don't think Trump could really say anything unless Trump were to like actually just start talking. Massive shit on I don't believe OAN would ever uh, go against what Trump has to say.
1: So Trump could really say, "I made the vaccine," um, and "Black Lives Matter," and you know, LGBTQ plus rights. He could really say all that. And do you think OAN would switch? Oh, absolutely. I gotta
0: adapt my mind. Now, if this scares the absolute hell out of you, well, you're not alone. Again, this is only speculation from John's perspective, but as he's around these people frequently, I felt that it's an important perspective to include. Not to mention other former employees have said the same thing, how much Mr. H loves Trump. One article writes, "'If you noticed, the far right wing likes Russia,' a former staffer said. "'Why? "'Because Russia's an all white country "'that suppresses Muslims and all that kind of stuff. "'They wish America was like that, so it all makes sense.'" Mr. Herring just genuinely is kind of enamored with Putin, said another former staffer. He thinks that Putin is a strong guy who does whatever he wants. Mr. Herring will get into the celebrity status of wealthy, powerful men, and I think Putin is one of them. That same drive explains why Herring insists that OAN stories lavish praise on Trump and why OAN airs all of the president's rallies live, said the former employee. Robert Herring himself is married to a Russian woman. So while it could be one thing to love Russia as it's his wife's home country, it's another thing to have absolute and unconditional love for Trump and unwillingness to say anything negative about Russia or even Tesla. Ali asked John about this OAN mindset further and here's what he had to say.
1: So this is more, this is more speculation. I'm kind of saying this for the audience out here. This is my speculation after doing some research into oan and and speaking with you because of the absolute blind faith and taking trump completely at his word and anyone who supports him completely at his word regardless of if there is any evidence it feels very cult-like it feels like trump is a cult leader And I know that we've said that with QAnon, that QAnon is very cultish. And I don't want to say, oh, the heads of OAN are in a cult or something, because I'm not about to promote that as a conspiracy. But I would say that there is a kind of cult-like mentality surrounding Donald Trump, where it's just you take him at his word, at least in these, you know, QAnon and very...
2: Feels like that because it is like that. Uh, Donald Trump has a cult personality surrounding it. Um, there are people that will uh, throw the line and just do what he says because it was him who said OAN is among that group.
0: John briefly mentioned some of the other politicians who seemed intent on hanging on to Trump's every word and refers to OAN as world's worst echo chamber. Even though OAN may not pray to Trump, there are people that do, that prayed for his election victory as many of you may have seen on the news in 2020. As Ali and John discussed this further, John said...
2: Honestly, it's kind of scary that people are that fanatical about it, but like we stand with those people and that's equally terrifying because we're giving them, we're letting them hear what they want to
0: hear. OAN is the source for many of the Trump conspiracists, Trump fanatics, and those that will truly support him no matter what. OAN becomes a back and forth with these people. They feed off of one another and OAN continues to validate them. John adds that when he started working at the station, he knew what it was, but he thought it was just a station that older people would watch until January 6th happened and the conspiracy theorists became violent, as he puts it.
2: And then when the January 6th insurrection happened and Trump seemingly uh, stood by the people that were trying to say that my vote didn't matter, that everyone who voted for Biden's uh, presidential win didn't matter. Um, at that point, I was... I was kind of like, okay, well, this has now gone beyond just like, oh, this is doing dumb stories or crazy net jobs to be like, oh, well, now the crazy net jobs have become violent, So this is now a much bigger problem.
0: Conspiracies can become violent all too easily. In this case, OAN is a massive part to blame. What do you expect when some QAnon adherents believe that Trump is literally trying to save the world from satanic pedophiles? Hell, OAN didn't just influence insurrectionists, but Trump himself. A June 2020 New York Times article reads, President Trump responding to a One America News segment floated a baseless theory on Tuesday that a 75-year-old man in Buffalo who was knocked to the ground by the police and hospitalized after bleeding from the head was an Antifa provocateur who had tried to interfere with law enforcement. At OANN, I watched. He fell harder than was pushed, the president wrote on Twitter. Could be a setup. There is no evidence to support the claims about the man, Martin Gugino, a longtime peace activist who has been affiliated with Human Rights Group and the Catholic Worker Movement. But One America News aired a segment that presented the false theory as reported news as opposed to a baseless conspiracy. The segment would probably have faded into obscurity had Mr. Trump not chosen to amplify it to his nearly 82 million Twitter followers. Robert Herring, the network's chief executive, claimed in a Twitter post that his network would present follow-up reporting to back up its claims about Mr. Gugino. The follow-up segment on Tuesday afternoon asserted that he had ties to Antifa, the violent terrorist group. Mr. President, you haven't let us down on doing what you say and we won't let you down as your source for credible news, Mr. Herring wrote. And Trump adores OAN, they love him and supporters listen to what they want to hear, but why? I think that's the question that's bothered so many of us. Even though there could be a whole slew of reasons from religion to ignorance, to racism, to whatever you may think it is, we wanted to hear from John about what he thought it was. After all, Mr. H is essentially running Trump's biggest fan club, even if plenty of employees aren't all that proud of their work. So let's get back to John's opinion here. And again, to clarify, this is only an opinion. Here's that clip.
1: What do you think it is that led people? To support Trump in that way, I, I understand this country has been very divided, even even before Trump, very Republican versus Democrat. I mean, I I think right. anyone can argue, yeah, it's definitely gotten more divided since, but the the country's been divided, you know, quite a few times on on issues where it's just Republican yeah. versus Democrat. You know, like this isn't anything new. Technically, it's just gotten progressively worse. So when it comes to us versus them, would you say that maybe one of the reasons people have been led to Trump is, oh, he really advocates very hard for the right, maybe in ways that other politicians haven't? Or is it a, is is it something else that we're not aware of? I guess I'm just wondering what exactly the draw is.
2: I think it has more to do with nostalgia i think that i mean oens mean that demographic is like i said despite that they want it to be younger republicans and like hopping on that trend. most of the people that watch oen or 50 plus uh american uh white men women uh baby boomers who grew up really not having to struggle with a lot of what millennials and Gen z have to deal with you know what we're like I'm never gonna fucking own property. I'm gonna rent for the rest of my life because I can't fucking afford it. Uh, but you know, uh, a lot of boomers that are now hitting retirement age and seeing like, oh shit, why is, why why are things different? Why why is why is stuff more expensive? Like you know, why why am I not getting everything handed to me like I normally do? Uh, to them, I think Trump definitely stood out as like a. Uh, return to that normalcy, or at least to the promise to return to what they saw as normal. And normal for them being as long as it's easy for me, the rest of you can go fuck yourselves because I am all that matters. It's very selfish. And because it's selfish, uh, they're they're selfish people and Trump's like, oh, I'm all about making you feel good. You're going to do better because America, your country is going to be number one because of me. It's just this weird selfishness. So, uh, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, this benefits me. I will definitely just vote Trump. And there are single issue voters, and I'm not not knocking single issue voters. But it is a massive problem when it stops being I'm voting for this person because I need my I need my coal job, you know, versus like, oh, I'm voting for this person because this person is literally. Uh, the reincarnation of Jesus Christ himself and he will save
0: us. Yeah.
2: Like those are two very different personalities.
1: Oh yeah. Absolutely. I think I think when you have promises like that, the I'll give you, you know, the America that you grow up in to these baby boomers. I think when that promise is That's what Trump
2: represents. And I think honestly yeah. that's kind of what Olean is also trying to capture. Anytime yeah, we show yeah. Trump uh, Trump footage, Trump news, it's always the greatest hits like Oh look, he gave like this many jobs. We don't mention that he lost more. Oh, he but uh, America made this much money. We don't mention how much money we lost. Uh, oh, uh, uh, look at all the cages that Joe Biden put uh, all, all these Mexican kids in. Uh, Trump put more in over the course of four years and didn't do anything to stop it. Look at this uh, mass shortage that Obama caused. Trump was in office for three years, didn't punish the masks. You know, we're not we're not showing like the full story.
1: Yeah, it's just a very laser focus on wanting a great economy, wanting those few basic things that it feels like anything else is, is very secondary. Yeah.
0: Neither Allie, nor I, nor John, I'm sure, think that nostalgia is the only reason people support Trump, but it sure seems to play a massive role at OAN Studios. The idea of anyone supporting one man unconditionally is worrying, not just Trump, Many sources have argued that QAnon is a cult and Trump is their leader, especially after the January 6th attacks. Former QAnon members have agreed on these points and said that reaching out, making sure these people aren't isolated and offering resources may be the only hope of getting them out. It may not be simple for all, especially with OAN validating what they say." Now. I'm aware that I can't know Mr. H's mindset for sure. We can't say what his intentions are, why he specifically supports Trump, nor to what extent he truly believes the lies and stories he insists on airing. But after this very eye-opening interview, we do have the perspective of someone at the studio to our benefit. OAN, in my personal opinion, feels like a handful of top level, die-hard Trumpy supporters that will air whatever he wants, regardless of consequence. And regardless of the fact that many of the workers there don't even believe in it either, they just need the experience and money and to get out of there. But OAN isn't just sprucing up stories, distorting them, whatever you wanna say. They're contributing to and justifying violence and have been extremely manipulative since their inception. Marty Golingen, a senior news producer at OAN, was fired in April, 2021, after saying that he doesn't think many of the stories they air are true and speaking out in much the same way that John has. He too has confirmed that many of the people working at OAN don't believe in what they're saying and that he's already lost his journalistic integrity. So before I close out the final episode of this three-part series, I want to give a massive thank you to John for speaking out like this. Even though some of what has been said is only an opinion, much of what John told us we can confirm, like the package editing, for example, and the worryingly loyalty that OAN has to Trump and the way that they justify violence. And I also want to thank Ally for being able to step in and do the interview for me when I had a family emergency and I was unable to actually do this interview myself. So thank you so much for stepping up when I could not physically be here to do it. And as a brief update to the situation, I do also want to add that while producing this mini series, John Doe has been able to find work elsewhere and to leave OAN. He said that he was offered three weeks pay to sign a document that would prevent him from speaking out about the company, but John neglected to sign it, making a point to tell us and say that it makes sense why more people don't speak out as the money is tempting. I've still chosen to keep him anonymous just in case, but I wish him all the best at his new job and hope it's nothing at all like at OAN. So thank you all for making it to another episode of The Corporate Casket and the end again of this three-part series about OAN. I hope you learned something new and I look forward to seeing you in future episodes. Have a great rest of your day, bye.